Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Barack Obama knew that Joe Biden as president would be a train wreck. It's why he reportedly warned allies, don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. True to form, that's exactly what Biden has done. As the most recent dismal jobs report showed, he managed to screw up the economy by creating an insensible welfare state where workers earn more by sitting on their duffs and collecting Joe's stimulus checks. It will only get worse as Biden seeks to expand government largesse beyond sustainability. Biden's extravagant tax and spending plan will increase corporate taxes to 28% from 21%, costing millions of jobs, according to the National Association of Manufacturers. It gets worse. He wants to double the capital gains tax to 43.4%, as well as hike death taxes and the top individual income tax rate. The net effect is that the American economy, still struggling to revive from the pandemic precipice, will crater. Investments in small businesses and new tech companies will dry up with less money available. Consumers will pay higher prices as businesses pass along the new tax to them. Jobs will slowly vanish and wages will diminish when the tax shock forces companies to revamp and retract. But Joe thinks it will all be worth it. His perverse dream of a welfare state will come true. In reality, it will be an economic nightmare. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. And now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. I use MyPillow and I am sleeping so much better. And you can get deep discounts on my pillows, the mattress toppers, robes, slippers, I love my new slippers, and so much more. For example, they're bringing back the buy one, get one offer for the Giza Dream Sheets. I wouldn't sleep without them. That's right, buy one set of sheets and get another one absolutely free. Remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for the Giza Dream Sheets. Enter the promo code GREG, G-R-E-G-G, or GREG, G-R-E-G, 
or call 1-800-605-8765 for these great radio specials. Welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. My wife and I went to a restaurant the other night. There was only one waiter and one chef to service the crowd intent on celebrating Mother's Day. But the hungry diners were told that the only thing the kitchen could handle was a pizza, and it would be an hour-long wait just to get that. So what's the problem? Well, it turned out that no one wanted to work at the restaurant anymore. And why would they? When the government pays you not to work... It's a whole lot nicer to sit on the couch watching ball games or frolicking at the beach or playing with the kids in the park. We found the same scenario unfolding at the nearby market. There was only one cashier to service a store full of grocery shoppers. Again, the reason was familiar. Workers had no incentive to actually work. Indeed, Biden had created a disincentive. His $2 trillion stimulus package handed workers a Biden bonus, $300 on top of their existing unemployment check each and every week. Factor in the other sumptuous government payments, and it makes little financial sense for millions of Americans to work when they can simply pocket more money by not working. Thus, I wasn't at all surprised to learn that No one showed up at a nearby job fair, except prospective employers desperately anxious to fill the needed jobs. I shared all of this with a few friends of mine over coffee, and they repeated identical stories. They noted signs on storefronts and restaurants warning of staffing problems. There's no scarcity of available jobs, mind you. It's just the opposite. Fewer people have a monetary motive to work. As the Wall Street Journal noted, any worker earning less than $32,000 a year would get a raise by going on unemployment thanks to Joe's Biden bonus. Thousands of employers have been complaining about it loudly, but Biden either can't hear or he won't listen. All told, there are more than 8 million vacant jobs waiting to be filled, according to the most recent data released by the U.S. Labor Department. The problem is especially acute in food services and accommodation, leisure and hospitality, state and local education, and arts and entertainment. All of those open positions will never be filled as long as idle workers can make more money collecting government checks that will continue to roll in over the next six long months. Now, I can't say that I blame them, not at all. I mean, who wants to make less money by actually working for it when you can make more money by not working at all? It's common sense. What defies common sense is why Biden pushed for the increased benefits just when the pandemic turned the corner, lockdowns were lifted, more people got vaccinated, and businesses started opening up again. That's when the financial safety valve should have been turned off. Instead, Biden kept the money spigot flowing wide open, causing direct harm to the recovering labor market, which in turn led to further damage to companies and the U.S. economy.
Is it any wonder that 125,000 people quit their jobs in one month alone? Should we be surprised the U.S. added just 266,000 new jobs in April, shockingly below the 1 million forecast by Wall Street or the 2 million estimated by some economists? Of course not. As Biden coarsely predicted, Joe could screw up a free lunch. All Biden had to do was nothing at all. The jobs market was poised to take off like a SpaceX rocket. After a year of shutdowns that devastated businesses, the engines of economic growth were primed and ready to roar back to life. Then Joe stepped in and mucked up the works. Without a single Republican vote in either the House or the Senate, the president and his Democratic allies jammed through his $2 trillion spending spree that dropped like an anvil on the jobs market. He was warned it would happen, but he refused to unclog his ears. He was so dedicated to the progressive ideal of a vast welfare state that he was deaf and blind to the reality of fundamental economics. That is, while it may be constructed to provide an emergency and temporary safety net when jobs are in short supply, it is destructive and foolhardy to do it when there's a glut of open jobs. Even an economic neophyte knows that a remedy only works during a crisis, not when it recedes. You don't apply iodine to a wound when the infection subsides. You leave it alone. You let it heal on its own. The U.S. economy is like a human body. It's resilient. It will recover if you don't over-treat or over-medicate it. But Biden, who views himself as the second coming of FDR, couldn't help himself. His lame effort at replicating the New Deal turned out to be the new raw deal. His decision to hand out money like candy at the local fair made the economy sick at the very moment it was poised to get well. Now, there is some good news. Nine governors who recognize the insane and corrosive effect of the Biden giveaway are rejecting the enhanced federal benefits. They're following the lead of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which called for the end of the Biden bonus. But that still leaves 41 states stuck with Biden's program that actively discourages people from returning to work. Thanks to Joe, the economy cannot possibly produce enough goods and services to meet the soaring demand now that the pandemic has eased. Biden seems to be in denial that he overplayed his hand. He refuses to accept the obvious facts corroborated by statistical evidence. He dismissed the notion that his wasteful payments are to blame for the anemic jobs numbers by saying, quote, we don't see much evidence of that. Really? When was the last time you talked to a real employer, Joe, or a real worker? How long has it been since you shopped in a store or dined in a public restaurant? Biden is oblivious. He has no idea what's going on outside his sequestered bubble. 
Remember that Biden spent last year in a basement bunker in his Delaware compound. Since being sworn in as president in January, he's barely emerged from the White House. And when he does, everything is carefully choreographed by his handlers. He rarely talks to reporters. He's been scolded for doing so. He recently admitted it. His remarks are always scripted in a teleprompter written by some unnamed aide who takes his marching orders from, well, no one really knows. If Nixon was the imperial president, Biden is the clueless president. Now, deep down, Joe must have some sense that what he's done is mangling the U.S. economy. Why else would he say that his administration would make it clear that people can't turn down suitable jobs and keep collecting benefits? Think about that. It's actually an admission of guilt, and it's a ruse, because there's no viable mechanism in place to enforce what Biden is saying. And the White House won't explain how exactly that would work except that states would somehow take care of it. Right. So enforcement doesn't really exist. It's another figment of Joe's contorted imagination. There's a gaping divide between truth and reality in Biden world. The nonsense that comes out of his mouth bears little resemblance to fact. When the embarrassing job numbers emerged, he tried to spin it by claiming that he'd created, quote, more than 1.5 million jobs in his first 100 days. Except the graphic he produced as proof showed that the true number was only 542,000 jobs. How he managed to multiply it by a factor of three was left unexplained. The Washington Post fact-checker called it, quote, ridiculous to pretend that jobs growth in the early months of a presidency has much to do with administration policies. Ouch. When the liberal Biden-loving Post calls out your exaggeration, it must really be a whopper. Biden has also claimed that his $2.2 trillion American jobs plan will add 16 million jobs to the economy. Now, where did he get that unfathomable number? He refused to say. Maybe it came from a Moody's analytics report, which projected a similar number. But here's the catch. Read the report. The report says it would happen gradually over the next 10 years without Biden's tax plan. Double ouch. So what will happen if Joe's tax hikes get signed into law? The creation of jobs envisioned by Moody's will never materialize. Our economy will come to a grinding halt. Business activity will retract. It is the inevitable negative consequence of overtaxation and incontinent spending. History is replete with examples. Bear in mind that Biden's copious and unaffordable giveaways are not limited to unemployment bonuses. No. Add in his tax credit, special grants, relief funds, and other financial goodies that are being lavished on states, and you've got a booyabase recipe for economic disaster. Why? Because there's no way to pay for trillions of dollars more 
in extra spending, except to raise taxes, which is the last thing you want to do as an economy is struggling to recover from a pandemic. But Clueless Joe plans to do it anyway. He doesn't seem to care that nearly half of all his government spending is deficit finance. The interest alone on all that borrowed money is staggering. Future generations will be saddled with the bills that Biden is racking up. They have no hope of paying them off. Joe is like a crazed prodigal who maxes out 20 credit cards on a student budget and then takes out more credit cards. Biden now wants to tax long-term capital gains and dividends as ordinary income while raising the top individual tax rate. He also intends to raise the corporate tax rate. Joe might want to consult a history book on that one. It not only produces less government revenue to pay for extravagant spending, but it stunts economic growth, which has an overall depressive effect on business health. Taxed at a higher rate, companies both large and small offset their loss by paying workers less and by halting investments in new products and related industries. Businesses shrink instead of expand. Moreover, the increased corporate tax is invariably passed along to consumers in the form of higher prices for goods and services. Inflation takes hold. The elevated tax also has a dilatory effect on innovation, which is vital for any business to thrive. It's the engine of economic progress. But Joe wants to stall the engine or maybe kill it altogether. Don't take my word for it. Spend a few moments reading the comprehensive analysis of Biden's tax plan by the Tax Foundation, the nation's leading independent tax policy nonprofit. It found that Biden's massive tax increases would diminish consumption, cause wages to fall, and precipitate a significant decline in gross domestic product. But that's not all. Capital stocks would tank, after-tax income would drop, and full-time jobs would crater. Their bottom line, quote, Biden has chosen to pursue inefficient tax increases that will undermine economic growth and reduce U.S. competitiveness. So the outlook is grim. Take a listen to Scott Hodge, president of the Tax Foundation. Uh, we estimate that those provisions alone would raise about $215 billion over the next decade. And overall, the tax increases that he's proposing uh, would have serious harm to the economy and overwhelming any of the economic benefits that might come from some of those other transfer payments or any of the infrastructure that he's talking about. And so what you've got is a smaller economy, fewer jobs, less investment, and yet have a whole bunch of government spending that uh, do doesn't make up for the harm that's done by the taxes. 
and there's not enough wealth at the top uh, in order to uh, pay for everything they're talking about. But he is handing out a lot of goodies. Look, uh, we estimate that because of the expansion of the child tax credit, that some 58 million Americans will pay zero income taxes this year, and many will get an actual refund even if they pay nothing because of the generosity of these credits. And so there's a lot of uh, goodies being handed out here that are kind of blindfolding people to the possible economic harm of the tax increases on both corporations and the rich. Now, what we're going to have is a small, a smaller economy that's less competitive globally because he's trying to pay for his infrastructure and spending programs with the most harmful taxes possible. Those are tax increases on corporations and successful individuals. These are really success taxes that he's trying to fund his programs with. Joe wasn't a very good student in school. In fact, his academic record was abysmal. He obviously never learned one of the basic tenets of economics. The more you tax something, the less you will get. Taxes matter. Perversely raising taxes toward the end of a damaging pandemic is poison. Unshackling Americans from onerous taxes is the antidote. Sadly, it won't happen. Because Joe Biden, intoxicated by his progressive dream of establishing a vast welfare state of endless entitlements, is determined to derail our economic future. He is shamelessly exploiting the pandemic to do it. It's madness, courtesy of Mad King Joe. And that's the brief. I'm Greg Jarrett.